Hey everybody, Chris Fafalius here. If you enjoy One Hit Thunder, which I'm assuming you do considering you're listening to it right now, I want to tell you about another great music podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's called Riffs on Riffs. On this season of Riffs on Riffs, hosts Toby Braswell and Joe Watson are breaking down one iconic pop song each week. Everything from Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer to Journey's Don't Stop Believin' to Naughty by Nature's OPP. Each week, they crack open the song, trace its history, decode those cryptic lyrics, and unearth the hidden gems in its musical DNA. Not only do they dive into the song's history, lyrics, and impact, they also go down some fun and oftentimes hilarious rabbit holes. So yeah, if you're a fan of One Hit Thunder, I think you'll also enjoy Riffs on Riffs. So go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld We've all been there. You've been invited to a Halloween party last minute, and you're digging through the slim pickings of costumes that are left at the ransacked Spirit Halloween store. In the hour and a half you spend trying to justify spending $80 on a Prince costume that's called Purple Man on the package, you hear Monster Mash at least three times. Does it get you in the mood for Kit Kats and candy corn? Or does it make you want to summon the ghost of Bobby Boris Pickett so you can kick him right back into the crypt? Stay tuned to find out how we feel about this novelty classic. all came from their humble abodes to catch a jolt from my electrode. One hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed. And you can live off royalties forever. And it makes me all right, Matt. So making a Halloween playlist for this time of year is not always the easiest thing. I can't believe what a lack of Halloween songs there are for the plethora of holiday slash Christmas songs are out there. Why is there such a minimal amount of Halloween songs. I would challenge that there are a lot of Halloween songs, just not famous ones. <laughs> um, okay. Because you and because you and I, I mean, let's be honest, you and I can at least think of multiple bands whose entire career is like Halloween type songs. Sure, sure. Okay, I'll give you that. But from a mainstream perspective, yeah, you get Monster Mash. I put a spell on you, 
thriller. Right. And, you know, a few other, I mean, uh, you know, Gelsey a couple weeks ago introduced the idea of candy related songs like Sugar Sugar and I Want Candy being tossed into the mix. Seems Uh, like a stretch to me. I think the greatest Halloween song ever, which is another one of those ones that seems like a very popular song to me, but maybe a lot of people don't know, but is Dead Man's Party. That's always my, my favorite Halloween song. But yes. Not a Halloween goes by that the Monster Mash is not a big part of it. And I guess we'll get into it. Matt, the Monster Mash. It's one of my first favorite songs. Really? (laughs) That would explain a lot. (laughs) Yeah. As a kid, I loved the Monster Mash. And I know why. I remember Monster Mash specifically. My first introduction to Monster Mash was that there was these Hanna-Barbera VHS tapes where they would take popular songs from the 60s and edit the Hanna-Barbera cartoons to sync up with the song. So it was like Catch a Wave by the Beach Boys. And I'm pretty sure there was like a Jan and Dean song on there and whatnot. But on that video was Monster Mash. And it was all footage of the groovy ghoulies mm-hmm. edited to the Monster Mash. And I was like three or four when my grandfather gave me my that VHS tape. And I watched it constantly. And Monster Mash was easily my favorite song. I knew all of the words of that song by the time I was in elementary school. Covered that song multiple times, at least twice recorded, and many times live. The other thing you have to know about me is I love 50s and 60s rock and roll. Like, that is, like, one of my big loves. So this song being, like, an early parody of that time period, and, like, it's, like, it's, like, my love of Weird Al, it's my love of horror movies, and it's my love of 50s rock and roll all merging into a singular three-minute experience. Sure, and I guess this song fits 100% into the category of novelty music. It was a spoof on dance crazes of the time, such as the twist and the mashed potato. One thing that people love bringing up, I've realized in recent years, is that this song is not actually the Monster Mash, kind of in the vein of Tenacious D Tribute. This is a song about a song called the Monster Mash, correct? <laughs> yes. Is that what's going on here? Yep, yep. This is a song about doing the dance. Okay. Yeah, it's a song about the Monster Mash. It never really tells you how to do the Monster Mash, although if you're curious how to do the Monster Mash, it's basically that you're just doing the mashed potato, but with your hands out in front like you're Frankenstein. That's okay. how the ma- the Monster Mash is, in fact, done. This all stemmed from... I-, I thought that... I'm not sure how much of a deep dive you did into oh, yeah. Bobby Pickett. Oh, yeah, I Bobby did. Pickett is kind of an interesting dude, for sure. And he just seems like a 1960s Matt Kelly to me. Um. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm reading about... It's like, oh, he grew up and his dad owned a movie theater, so he just sat in the theater watching movies all day long and then... Wanted to do comedy. So like after, I mean, I didn't serve in the army, but he served in the army for three years. And when he came back, he would do these nightclub acts with a band. And when they would do songs, specifically Little Darlin' by the Diamonds, those songs, if you listen to a lot of those songs, there's always like the monologue part of the song, which like kind of came back with like Boys to Men. Yeah. Would do that where you have the dude with the bass would just be like, darling. I know you cheated. I just didn't care. <laughs> But he was like, one night he was like, hey, do you mind if I do that monologue as as Bars Karloff? I think that'd be really funny. And they're like, yeah, let's go for it. And apparently it killed when he did it. Mm. And one of his bandmates was like, we got to write a song where you do the whole song as Boris Karloff. And that's that's the beginning of the Monster Mash. And that became 
a train that he rode for four years. Yeah, and he rode it right to number one on the charts two weeks before Halloween in 1962. So, Matt, if you identify as the Bobby Boris Pickett of 2021, I hope that your trajectory is the same. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping, fingers crossed. Beat out the four-season Sherry. I'm sure that eventually made it to number one, but damn. Wow. (laughs) Impressive, impressive. This song, I watched him perform it, and I I would do the quotes around the word perform on American Bandstand. And basically, and I know that everyone did this, but he just went up and lip-synced his song. Like, couldn't he have at least, like, just had the backing tracks and said the words. He lip synced yeah. and made the dumbest faces the whole time to the point where like, oh my God, I can't stand this. This is so bad. <laughs> so I have, uh, I still have this VHS tape. I can't find the Hanna-Barbera one, but there was a tape that my, I don't know where my mom got this cassette tape, but she brought it home one Halloween and it was called Spooky World. It was about how Kane Hodder, who plays Jason in most of the Friday the 13th movies, had a farm. And for like 10 years at his farm, Tom Savini would come down to the farm and they would get all local people in the town and do like professional makeup on them. And he would drive people on like a like did a hayride through his farm that had like this top level Hollywood production value. But this was like in the middle of like. Midwest nowhere like think of like Missouri this was happening in but on this VHS tape it's just like you're riding through the hayride with with them but in one part of it for the grand opening they brought out Bobby Boris Pickett Mm. to perform the monster mash and this was in the era where he's wearing I'm sure you found some live footage where he's like in the bloody lab coat with like fake spiders all over him and he's got the backup band that's dressed as like mummies and goblins and whatever but he did a big little like speech beforehand and one of his favorite things to bring up whenever he would talk about this song was that this was the song that Elvis Presley repeatedly said was the dumbest thing he's ever heard. That was the the next thing I was going to say. I saw that too and I wanted to make note of it. This is the one time I could probably ever say that yeah, I agree with Elvis. <laughs> this song is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It is, you know, I maybe, maybe this year appreciate it slightly more. And I'm going to tell you why. And if you're in a band and you have a show around Halloween time coming up, you may have experienced the same sort of thing that I'm going to talk about. And that is this conversation. We have a Halloween show coming up. Oh, we should learn a Halloween song. Well, I guess we could do a Misfit song. Oh, isn't there something else we could do? Well, how about the Monster Mash? Uh, Okay, let's just do the Misfits. That's fine. (laughs) Like, that is the conversation that I'm sure other people and bands have also had. And you end up doing the Misfits song because the Monster Mash is such a fucking stupid song. It is, it is, I, I don't know. It's, it's been pounded into our brains year after year, but I'm trying to, to justify it a little bit. Matt, one thing I think of, you're a huge Freaks and Geeks fan, right? Yep. 
I think of I think of the Halloween episode every time yeah. I hear this song. You think of you think of uh, Sam and, and Lindsay's mom dressed up like a, a cowgirl and says, "You did the monster mash." <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know why she she adds the lisp into the the thing, but I always think about that when I hear this song. I'm trying to take it easy a little bit on Boris Pickett, but part of what makes me dislike it even more when I dove deeper and Matt, you know where I'm going with this is that the guy kept recreating the song over and over for every event. Let me, let me just throw out just a few of the songs that he did. There was the monsters holiday, which was his Christmas song about the monsters getting together for Christmas, which is the same exact song. Yeah. Just changed with to Christmas. And it went to number 30. Like (laughs) there, why there was, there was the blood blank, the blood bank blues. There was me and my mummy. There was the monsters rap, which was a rap song about the yeah. the the mad scientist getting frustrated. The Frankenstein wouldn't talk, but it turned out Frankenstein could rap. But in his defense, and I think that this is pretty cool, thinking of the age of Bobby Boris Pickett at the time, just a couple of years before his death in 2007, he did a parody of his biggest song, The Monster Mash, and called it The Climate Mash. And it was a song where he vented his frustrations at the United States' inactivity to stopping deforestation and global warming. Don't make me love Bobby Pickett. Don't <laughs> don't make me. Don't make me love him. He also is the guy that made, which you forgot, Matt, the Monster Swim. Which the is Monster once, Swim. Once again, <laughs> the exact same music as Monster Match, except it's the Monster Swim. And basically. <laughs> To do the monster swim, as you could imagine, it's just like the monster mash, except you swim. <laughs> I watched him perform this song as well on American Bandstand. And I got to tell you, it's the 60s, Dick Clark's hosting, but he's performing the monster swim, which is pretty much the same exact thing. And even the black and white 60s teenage audience, you could tell that even they were like, all right, that's enough, man. <laughs> we get it. You know, you could tell even those people had had enough. They hit their their wall. But, like, again, I, I don't think Bobby Pickett... I think it's one of the situations where music just unfortunately became what he was known for. Because at his core, I think he saw himself as an actor. And he appeared in a lot of movies, just a few of them. He was he was a regular appearance on Petticoat Junction. Pretty sure was a sitcom. Yeah, it was American sitcom on CBS that ran for about eight years. Uh, and then appeared in s- such classic films <laughs> uh, as It's a Bikini World, Chrome in the Hot Leather, Death Master, and Lobster Men from Mars. So, you know, he had a good thing going. Again, he is the most Matt Kelly character we've ever discussed on this podcast. And he appeared in 1991. I don't know too much about this appearance. I'm sure it was there to sing the Monster Mash. But he appeared on Beyond Vaudeville. Are you familiar with Beyond Vaudeville or uh, the MTV spinoff of that show? I am not. Were you familiar with Oddville MTV? Oh, hell yeah. Okay, so Beyond Beyond Vaudeville was the local like access version of that show before MTV threw the money and brought them to New York to do it in like the MTV studios. But yeah, like Oddville USA was or Oddville MTV was literally just like a combination of modern day circus freaks, like dudes who would like drill nails into their noses and stuff. But then they'd also just be like, "Here's a novelty singer from 1930 coming to do a song for us." Right. Okay. Well, dude, I was also, when you mentioned it, I had to look it up. What 
It's a Bikini World is. And it's, <laughs> it's a 1967 film, not rated, comedy, in which a male chauvinist named Mike attempts to get an intelligent, burgeoning feminist Delilah into his harem. When she resists, Mike then poses as his brother Herbert, but in the process, falls in love with Delilah. Sounds pretty good. Sounds sounds pretty good. Directed by a woman, featuring cameos from the animals and the castaways and the R&B boy group or girl group, the toys. I think I'm throwing that on my uh, to watch list. But Bobby Pickett is third build. Wow, is <laughs> the character of Woody. Damn. Okay. He's he said, you know, I feel like. Our career paths are similar. I'm a weird, goofy guy. You've appeared in a couple movies. Like Bor- yeah. Boris Pickett is the one-hit thunder mascot, truly. Okay, <laughs> he's, yeah, maybe. He's the best combination of all of us. The legacy of this song has a weird, bizarre... The, like, I, I hit three main points when I was looking this up because there's so much about the Monster Mash and like how it's appeared in all of these different TV shows and movies. So I didn't want to bother with that because basically any movie that takes place at Halloween, they find a way to throw the Monster Mash somewhere in a party scene. But mm-hmm. it was turned into a film in 1995, which was the follow-up movie from the writers of Toy Story. <laughs> was Their next movie was Monster Mash the movie starring Pickett, but also featuring Jimmy J.J. Walker John Kazeer, who's the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and Mick Stoll from all of the John Waters movies, and Kansas Cameron from Full House in a movie that's literally the plot of the Monster Mash played out for 90 minutes. In 1997, as you mentioned, The Misfits, The Misfits covered the song to promote the DVD release of the 1967 stop-motion movie Mad Monster Party. If you've ever seen, that is not a very good movie. But that is also one of the only times that... That was the first time that... Uh, Jerry only sang lead on a Misfits song. I wonder how Glenn Danzig felt about the fact that the Misfits were covering the Monster <laughs> Mash. I didn't know those worlds were col- going to collide when I told that story about figuring yeah. out what song to cover earlier. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, Mad Monster Party is from, it's the Halloween movie from the team that did like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and all of those uh, where all of the monsters are meeting for one big party. Uh, the most notable thing is Phyllis Diller voices the Bride of Frankenstein in it. And why um, isn't this good? This sounds like something you would love and talk about a lot and probably do a podcast about. <laughs> oh, I watch it every Halloween. I just oh. don't think it's a very good movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. I have memories of seeing it on TV as a kid. Like I've only got a handful of movies that I can have on the TV when trick-or-treaters are coming by. And that is like the perfect movie to put on 
as kids are showing up because it is as inoffensive as humanly possible. But my favorite piece of Monster Mash trivia is that it was the inspiration for one of my favorite pinball machines, the Monster Bash, in which the plot of the pinball game is that the band that performed the Monster Mash has been broken up for years and you're trying to reunite them so they can play a show. So you have, I'm not sure if you know that pinball machines are things that can actually be beaten. That was like a thing that I like had to learn recently. Never knew there was an ending to pinball. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it technically doesn't end until you run out of the three balls, but like you have a task that you're trying to complete. And then once you complete that task, you just try to complete it a second time, but now points are doubled. So like if you're looking at the board of a pinball machine, you'll see like there's all these different areas in there where there's different things. And there's certain things you're supposed to do to set off those different pieces of the machine. I have two friends who are like ranked as one of the 100 best pinball players in the world. This is the only reason why I know all this stuff. But in Monster Bash, like you have to imagine the pinball screen and there's in the dead center. So if you shot the ball straight down the middle, there'd be like one area and there'd be like the mummy's casket. So you'd have to hit that maybe like five times and that unlocks the mummy on the board. And then like, there'd be like a little tunnel that if you shot into that, like five different times, that was like into Dracula's tomb and that unlocks Dracula. And then there's like a Frankenstein in the center that you unactivate him. But what was cool about the machine was like, you know, some of the pinball machines had like a digital screen in the back. So once you've unlocked all of these monsters, the game would kind of pause and on the screen, you would see them perform the song. <laughs> and then like the next round would start. Up. Wow. Matt, I got to tell you, <laughs> I think the Monster Mash is a pretty dumb song, but there is a Halloween song that I think is actually dumber. And I just heard it yesterday and I have to bring it up. Do you know Feed My Frankenstein by Alice Cooper? Yeah. How did you not know that song? It's it's. I, I only know it because of Wayne's World. No, I know it. I know the song, oh. but I don't think I realized how dumb it truly was until it came. Oh, the lyrics are inane. <laughs> like, I'm a hungry man, but I don't want pizza. I'll blow down your house, and then I'm going to eat you. I'm going to eat you. Like, why? Why, Alice Cooper? I'm just saying, you know, Punchline's done a couple good covers around this time of the year. They did Ghostbusters a few years ago. We did do Ghostbusters. Maybe it's time for Punchline to cover Feed My Frankenstein. Really, really turn it into the masterpiece it always deserved to be. Matt, have you this year had any very Halloween things happen to you? Because I had one happen to me today. Yeah, I I had a friend that visited last week. So we kind of took advantage of them being on the East Coast for the first time in many, many years and did like, we went to like a pumpkin patch. We went to like a haunted outdoor attraction, stuff like that, but nothing like spooky, scary werewolf bar mitzvah level of of Halloween-y. Right. Well, my thing was very much less involved, but for the past month or so in the morning when I'm doing whatever, washing a dish or something, I look out my kitchen window and there is this big fat spider just hanging there. And I'm always like, damn, look at that dude. Been thinking about naming him, but I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. It's probably a girl, but I'm always like, whoa, that is a big spider. And it is fat. It is a fat spider. So anyway, Always check it out in the morning to give, give it a little look, a little what's up. Went out today and I had to use the hose for something. I had to spray something off. So I went over and I turned on the spigot outside and boom, I look down. That spider is on my hand. Oh, went, no. Whoa, <laughs> whoa. And shook my hand and the spider fell onto the ground, scampered away. And I was like, damn, that big ass spider who I look at 
and am intimidated by every morning was just on my hand. That was very Halloween moment for me today. I'll take that. Yeah, that's a pretty Halloween moment for me, for sure. That is terrifying. And also in the house that I've lived in for like five years now, I've had probably more than a dozen bats in my house. Unfortunately for the bats, my cats always get them and sometimes decapitate them. And I feel bad because, you know, bats are good for the environment. I love bats. But honestly, if you get in my house, my cats are going to murder you. And cats are also very Halloween-ish type animals. That's <laughs> and, true. Uh, I, last time I visited you, I had that moment where we saw a bat either fly in or fly out of that garage. And yep. then every time I walked to your car, it was a mad dash from the door to the car because I was like, I do not want a bat on me. <laughs> <laughs> if it's like, outside, it's cool. They're just eating bugs and whatever. But uh, yeah, I think my cats have kind of eradicated them from my house. I think bats are <laughs> awesome. I would never encourage the killing of bats. I think no, they're I'm, very good for the environment, but I can't control my murderous cats. I no, cannot. I'm pro bat, as you said, outside. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I want to just quickly run down the lyrics because yeah, okay. the, the song does tell a story. And okay. in its defense, there is a story being told. So uh, I was working in my lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise... My surprise. He did the mash. <laughs> so we'll skip the chorus. We all know the chorus. It was a graveyard smash, got on flash, whatever. So from my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast, the ghouls all came from their humble abodes to get a jolt from my electrodes. Uh, mm -hmm. That verse means nothing to me. That, okay. <laughs> that verse is pointless. Just, just fluff. Then we get to the bridge. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocking, all were digging the sounds. Igor on the chains, backed by the baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Keeper Five. Yeah. So we got a party going, man. Like everybody's coming in. Igor's getting in on the action. This is where Bobby <laughs> Boris Pickett was so lazy. He created this entire world. He created this this entire lore. You know what? What would you call? What do you call this when you're like writing a show or something, and you have like the backstory? You create. He created like the Monster Mash universe. You yeah. had the crypt, the Crypt Kicker Five. You had all these other. You didn't have to just keep redoing the same song. Yeah, didn't have we can move past Frankenstein. This is my favorite part of the song. The this. <laughs> This, this verse into the next verse. So the next verse we have is, Out of his coffin, Drax's voice did ring. It seems he was troubled by just one thing. He opened his lid, he shook his fist, and said, Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? Right? Mm, okay. We go into the chorus. Very next line. Now everything's cool. Drax a part of the band. <laughs> no, <laughs> no further examination needed. <laughs> Dracula was upset. While we were singing the chorus, we worked it all out. He's good. Gotcha. <laughs> now the monster mash is the hit of the land for you the living this dance this mash was meant to but if you get to my door tell them boris sent you and then yeah mostly the song was for him to show up as boris karloff impersonation and his bella lugosi impersonation and in his defense he does very good impressions of both of those people <laughs> okay sure sure okay but bobby boris pickett uh, i'll give him credit for that he has created a song that has lived on for a long ass time and I don't see it going away. You know, people love Halloween. I got to say, I love Halloween. I know you're a Christmas lover, but I like Halloween way more than Christmas. 
Yeah, you're I'm both. I love both of them equally. I'll say this also. Here were the five biggest songs of the year that the Monster Mash came out. And honestly, the Monster Mash has more staying power than four of these five songs, okay, let's in hear my them. opinion. Let's hear them. So three of them were Elvis songs. Return to Sender. Don't know that one. You don't know Return to Sender? I don't think so. Good Luck Charm. Don't know that one. Don't know that one. Can't Help Falling in Love with You. Obviously, everybody knows that one. Amazing. Ray Charles, whom I love. I Can't Stop Loving You. Can't say I know that particular one. Mm -hmm. And The Tornadoes, Telstar. Never heard of it. Don't know. (laughs) So... So I, I did watch a video. Uh, I try not to watch too many of this guy's videos just because it is a very similar genre of what we do, which is the uh, Todd in the Shadows YouTube series, One Hit Wonderland. Mm-hmm. But he did point out something that I think is worth noting, that like this song only is ex- as successful as it is because it is coming out post-Elvis getting drafted pre-Beatles during this like two-year period where like rock and roll didn't really have anyone like a notable name to cling to at that time wow and they picked bobby (laughs) boris pickett they they clung well i mean i think also just if he put this out in july i don't think it would have been the success (laughs) that it ultimately was right it's (laughs) it's very specific i mean you know it's funny it's still out there man the the halloween song thing is still out there for the taking you know there's songs that get lumped into there like like stevie wonder superstition like that is a real stretch to call that a halloween song but yet it gets thrown in there bad moon rising gets thrown in there like these songs they're not necessarily halloween songs there is a real hunger for halloween music if you want to put the time in and write the right song you could have yourself a hit for a few weeks in october It even gets like, I I think that especially with horror fans, we get so desperate (laughs) for, for good Halloween tunes that we just like cling to like songs that appeared in horror movies. You know what I mean? Like, like it's like, all right, sure. Bobby Brown on our own. Yeah. (laughs) That works. Sure. (laughs) Let's throw that on there. Like. All of the all of the different ver- like Moon Dance by Van Morrison because that's in America Werewolf in London like just like whatever you can cling on to. But then you've got I mean you do have you have a lot of bands that maybe aren't the mainstream successes, but just you know if you're looking for bands that might give you a little bit of a Halloween vibe, you have like early AFI, Alkaline yeah. Trio, a lot of the Aquabat stuff. Blaster and the Rocket Man, Harley Poe, Amigo and the Devil. There's so many. The Cramps, the Cramp. You could just listen to the Cramps all yeah. all October if you want. My Chemical to. Romance. Yeah, uh, like yeah. there's there's plenty of like ICP. Things. ICP. Oh, I, this is ICP's time. This is Guar's time. This is Green Jelly's time. Like, yeah, go wild. Like there there are options, but I agree with you. When when you're when you're walking into the spirit Halloween, they got about six songs that. 100% check out and a lot of stretches yeah, <laughs> for sure. And the monster mash is not a stretch. The monster mash, however, is it one hit thunder or is it a one hit blunder? Matt, I'll let you oh, go I'm, first. I'm going thunder. <laughs> I, I still, I, when I was listening to this song today to prepare, I may have done the monster mash in my kitchen, just kind of like 
grooving to the tunes. Okay, I would I would have to say the Monster Mash is a is a mega blunder. Um, <laughs> the, if if Bobby had a followed it up with a little bit of creativity instead of creating the same song over and over. I may have given him a thunder pass, but uh, yeah, this song is, is just, and probably one of, one of the most annoying things about Halloween. (laughs) One of the things that could maybe make me not like Halloween so much. Although Bobby Boris Pickett does seem like a cool guy. I like that. He was fighting for the climate. I'll give him credit for that. And he had a hit, Staying Power. I like that he pissed off Elvis because whatever. <laughs> I don't give a shit about Elvis. <laughs> and uh, I like that, but still, I think he's a blunder. I mean, he's probably the biggest novelty song we have discussed and probably will ever discuss on this show. True. But, yep. All right. Sorry, Bobby. I tried. I tried, buddy. <laughs> This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafalios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Pretty Petty by Punchline, off Nightlights, a collection of previously unreleased songs. Visit punchlion.com for news, merch, and upcoming show dates. Punchline is playing Anti-Fest on November 20th at the Roxanne Theater in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Come check out the show and say hello to us if you see us there. Do you want to hear your song on the show or have an interest in sponsoring an episode? Then contact me at matt at geekscape.net for our rates. If you have any interest in podcasting, visit weknowpodcasting.com for how Matt and Chris can make your show sound as professional as possible. Let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at onehitthunderpodcast at gmail.com and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. Tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effie Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. 
So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.